for you. I'm ready to do it though. Baby, what you wanna do? Shoot your shot cause I'm bulletproof. Look it up and do the do. Baby, what you wanna do? I'm ready to pull up on you. I'm ready to do what I do. Just touch it, have you violent? That's when it trips to the highlands. Trip, trip, trip when you're sliding. Trip, 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 riding. Right, that was no money, no money, no money. Okay, I don't know how you pronounce it, but yeah, that's her featuring Cardi B with Wild Side. And this video is amazing. The song is amazing. Someone was saying there was no weak link. The camera understood the assignment. Dancers understood the assignment. Lyric lyricists understood the assignment. Choreographers understood the assignment. Hair and makeup crew understood the assignment. Stylist understood the assignment. No money understood the assignment. This is that project in school that everybody participated in. And 100% on a hundred, I agree with that. The camera crew, oh my gosh. This song, the video, everything about it, I love it. I love every little bit about it. So, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Culture Fordom. Welcome to another episode of Makaita Rogue and her life. Let's listen to this. Leave me alone, turn me down, treat me like a watch, press me down, mm-hmm. on the kitchen floor, right on that towel, it's my thing and I want it now, ow, tell me how you want it, put me on my back, on my stomach, baby let me blow it like a trumpet, I could do it all, I could probably suck a watermelon to a straw, believe me, every other day you pick new hair, come take me out this mood glare, I be waiting on you with some long, you're ready, just to sit down low like bombs to wear boom. Nothing but a robe in your house. I want to put this pretty pink toes in your mouth. Send news to your phone while you're working. Boy, you got to see this shit in person. Believe me, we can't just keep talking about it. What do you think too? <laughs> yes, this puts me in the groove, in the mood to groove. The sex appeal is amazing. For a minute there, I almost felt like I could be lesbian. Like, yeah. Okay, so today's podcast, uh, we're going to talk about postpartum depression. And in regards to the experience that I had with postpartum depression, I had three pregnancies, but I only managed to have two kids. So I'm going to talk about the two types of different postpartum depression that a woman may face and i experienced two of those one is the postnatal depression after giving birth to a healthy bouncing baby and the postal postpartum depression 
after a miscarriage. Uh, we're going to talk a bit about this. And I hope a lot of women who listen to this episode can relate to the pain, the struggles, and everything that has to do with postpartum depression. What is postpartum depression? Okay, um, it's suffered by a mother following childbirth. Uh, typically, um, it happens from a combination of hormonal imbalance psychological adjustment to the new the new reality of having a baby or losing a baby um, it's just the adjustment to, to motherhood the exhaustion fatigue because you're really fatigued after giving birth and you hardly sleep because the baby will be crying and all of that and all of that mashed up together it accumulates to postnatal depression so this is what we're gonna discuss a bit it's very emotional it's very hard to share because i've really never talked about it i've written you know writing is different from actually saying it and hear yourself hear your voice speaking the events that you went through telling the story it's so difficult um somebody actually approached me after i wrote a blog about it and was like i would like to have you for a radio interview and I was so skeptical. This happened in 2014, but it is still raw and fresh inside my heart. And this was like four years later and somebody was like, hey, it would be nice to have you on radio so we can talk about what you went through. And then I was like, that would be awesome, but I'm sorry, I can't because I don't think I'm mentally able to carry through and relieving everything, the horrors that I went through I'll probably break down a couple of times and I didn't think I could do it. So I respectfully declined the invitation. But there was a space started by Chenge, formerly known as Pineapple. She's a fitness instructor and she opened up a space on Twitter about uh, postpartum depression and all the ladies were sharing. And I was I felt so inclined to share my experiences and tell them about the postpartum depression that you have after a miscarriage. But then I would pause before pressing the mic. Like I wanted really to request to be a speaker in a space and speak about my experience, but I felt like that would take a long time because, hey, I've got two experiences. When I gave birth to Malik and when I had a miscarriage before I had Malik, and I thought it would take a lot of time and I felt like I'll probably break down during the space. <laughs> I told myself, okay, Marka, just, let's, let's just avoid all that mess and we can make it into a podcast. So here we are. And funny enough, Tafadzo, my friend from Twitter, he came into my, because I posted something about um, guys, um, miscarriage, postpartum depression hits different because you are missing physical aftermath you're missing aftermath physical changes on your body with no baby to show for it. So he came to me and he was like, hey, Marka, what's up? Um, please tell me a little bit more about postpartum depression. So Tafaza, this is your episode. I hope you learn something from it. And then um, whatever information you need, I hope it covers, you get covered from this podcast, from this episode. So here we are. 
usually when I want to speak about these things, you know, I break into a song, but I'm not going to do that today. Um, even my tone is different, huh? Because we're about to dig into some painful things that I went through. So, yeah, we're going to talk about postpartum, but I, I want you to understand what I went through uh, when I had my miscarriage. It was just not any other miscarriage. It was the most horrible experience of my life. I never thought I would talk about this with such a sober state of mind and the calmness that's coming out for me. I'm even shocked myself that I'm this calm when I'm talking about it. I thought maybe I'll start breaking down, but whew, I'm not. So yay, brownie points for me. It was the most horrible thing. And this I feel was a miscarriage that could have been avoided. A miscarriage that was unnecessary. It was not supposed to be ha to happen. And this miscarriage was solely all because of medical negligence. And here we go. So it was 2014, I was pregnant. Um, the pregnancy was, was cool. It was my first time being pregnant, so it was cool. There was no morning sickness. It was such a breeze. And then I got to 20, 24 weeks. And I went to my usual um, prenatal visits to the clinic. And then I went there, they weighed me. And the nurse actually told me that my blood pressure was too high for, especially for somebody who's pregnant. It's risky because you might risk, how do you pronounce it? Hmm. You know, the thing about, how do you pronounce it? Eclampsia. Eclampsia. Pre-ink. Oh, whatever. So anyway, there was a risk for the baby because my blood pressure was too high. And then, um, she, and then I was like, what am I supposed to do? She's like, uh, go home and rest. And I'm like, is this supposed to something you can give me for the blood pressure so we can manage it? And she said, uh, no, just go home and rest. Then you come back next week. I was like, oh, okay. I went home and I chilled. I didn't feel anything. You know, with high blood pressure, you really don't have symptoms until you get tested. That's when you realize that your blood pressure is really high. I went home, I chilled, I chilled. And then there was uh, a function at Miko's Hotel by the local governments of, um, of Zimbabwe. They had something like a meeting, but it was sort of like an event, a workshop, a meeting, all, all, all of that in one. So I woke up in the morning, I dressed up nice, nice. And I went for the meeting. To be honest, I really went for the buffet. <laughs> That pregnancy loved to eat. And when I meant to eat, I meant anything and everything. As long as it was edible, I would eat. I, it wasn't picky. So I went to, to Miko's Hotel. And then we, I was in the workshop the whole time. We had a buffet lunch. And we wrapped it up around four. We had some snacks. Then I decided to go home. But I was sitting there. I felt like a little cramp below the navel it was really painful so i felt that the little cramp 
And then I just tugged it out because I just sat there and waited for it to go away. And it did go away. Then I was like, oh, okay, what was that? Okay, let me just go home and rest. Like I was advised to rest. So this is not resting, going up and down to workshops and all of that. So I was like, oh, let me just go home and rest. So I went home and I was in a combi and I felt the cramp again. The cramp was so so strong it was it was numbing the pain was um, was was i can't describe it it was too much so i was sitting in the combi grabbing my purse my purse digging my finger into my purse until it subsided then i got off and i would walk and stop every time the cramp would come back so i'd walk a, a little bit like a few feet and then i'll stop and then I would crunch on the ground. Some ladies came and was like, are you okay? I'm feeling some pain. Do you need help? I was like, yeah. So the other lady held my hand back. And other ladies, they held my things. And they held my elbow. And then we started walking. And I would stop and feel the cramp. Go, walk a little bit and feel the cramp all the way until I got home. I go home, I went to my bed and I slept. I drank, um, I took a painkiller and drank some water and I was lying on my bed, but the pain, the cramps were not going away. I was in labor and I had no idea. And it didn't even click to me for some reason. But then I, I just thought, okay, it's gonna go away. And then I went to the toilet then I peed and wiped. And when I wiped, there was blood. And then I was like, no, I'm pregnant. If you see blood when you're pregnant, that's a red flag. So I got back. I was like, oh, shit, what's happening? Then I called my husband. Like, I'm bleeding and I'm having some pain. I think I'm in labor. He was like, what? He was, I was like, yeah, uh, can you come and get me? He was like, okay, I'm on my way. He was at work. So he was like, okay, I'm on my way. And then I changed changed and wore a pad the cramps were getting worse and worse and more painful so this time I was screaming so I had to call my neighbor because I was literally screaming and I had to like call my neighbor I was like can you please come over something going on so she came she's like what's up I think I'm in labor she's like how far long are you it's only six months and it's like, mm, I don't think you're supposed to be in labor. When did this start? And then I was telling her, and I even told her that I was at the clinic yesterday and I didn't any high blood pressure. So I don't know what's going on. Pre-enclapsia. Pre-enclapsia. I'm still trying to get around that word, how to say it properly. So um, she's like, uh, did you call your husband? And I was like, should I call an ambulance? Oh, no, no, don't worry about that. My husband is on the way. And then she was with me the whole time. She's like, ah, if you're going to go to the hospital, I think you need to pack um, baby clothes and stuff like that. Because you maybe the baby might come out early and you might need diapers and all that. I was like, really? Do you think I'm gonna give birth friends just in case? So she packed for she packed a little bag for me. And then my husband came and then we went to the car and we started driving. The problem with this is I hadn't registered for a hospital yet. I was supposed to register a queen of peace. So I had only booked, but not paid. So I couldn't go there, queen of peace, if I was going to be doing like a delivery or in case of emergency. So my mom was like, and I could parry, because they take 
uh, cases like this. I was like, okay, cool. So we went to Pyrenees. We got there by the reception at the maternity ward. The moment we got there, I don't know what is the what is wrong with government hospital hospitals. No one really gives a damn about anything or anyone. So I'm crying. I'm in pain. The cramps were now like very close to each other. Like the the time interval was so little. I think the cramp were coming where we're like two minutes apart, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. They were like literally toppling on top of each other. So the it was painful. I don't know how to describe the cramps. It was blinding pain. That type of pain where you can't believe that you're still alive. That type of pain that you think, okay, I think I'm dying right now. That's what, what I was going through. And remember, this is my first pregnancy. I've never been in labor before. So I could not believe it. It was too much. So I was literally screaming. So I got there. And my husband was like, can you keep it down? He was, he was feeling so bad. He was like, can you keep it down? <laughs> Bro, it's unbelievable. And I was like, what? You're telling me to keep it down? Do you know what? And the nurse is like, hey, 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 hey. I was like, what? I'm in pain. I'm bleeding. This is an emergency. What are you saying? I could not believe it. The, the aloofness, the, the, the lack of concern, no compassion whatsoever. It was just like, you're annoying us with your or whatever bizarre thing that's going on with you. Please go outside until you calm down. I cannot calm down. I'm in fucking labor. And I'm not supposed to be in labor. This is premature. I, I can't. So I just managed to like grind my teeth, clenched my teeth. My my hands were bowled into a fist. And I was just like, uh, 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 I'm trying not to make noise. Can you imagine? And then we got there. What's the problem? We're not booked here. Um, but this is a um, clinic card where she was going for her prenatal prenatal visits and apparently she's bleeding i think she's in labor then i got up a bench my husband is trying to explain <laughs> what she can't you can see she's in pain what's going on with her imagine so i'm in shock my husband is in shock we are desperate okay we have nowhere else to go so we have to comply so I was literally toppling. And it's very rude, torn, annoyed, irritated. Please, girl, stop the theatrics like I was pretending and faking the pain when I was genuinely dying. And then I was like, in the afternoon, I got my four, four, whatever. My 4 p.m. and Jiganzi call. Yesterday we were recording. I had blood pressure. What are you giving for it? I got nothing. Jiganzi, okay. Um, she's okay. I'm not gonna go bench. That's okay. I'm gonna That is when the road to hell began. I sat on the bench 
from around um, 8 p.m. all the way to 2 a.m. without being attended to. Just sitting there changing pad after pad because I was bleeding. So I would just stand up, go to the toilet, get a new pad, come back and sit down and cry. My husband had to go to the pharmacy to get, to get painkillers for me. So he, would, he rushed to Mutown, not Mutown, I think there's a pharmacy, Papaya Nyata. Yeah, there must be a pharmacy there. He rushed to wherever pharmacy, I don't know, Town or Papaya, I don't remember, I don't even know. And he got me painkillers. So I was taking painkillers, Ripa Benji Papo. And my husband would ask me, okay, Tawia, Kudara, Tawia, my 8 p.m. It's two years, and say, it was Zia, can I pass? And then I called my mom, because my mom is in the medical field. I was like, can you come and help us? And Wagan Boshanda, she did midwifery. So she she knows all of this stuff. She came, whatever, and she was like, what's happening? Not even. Then my mom went to the sister in charge and started talking to her. Apparently, hospital. That's where my mom went for nursing. hospital. She can say, ah. And then that's when they started paying attention to me. No, that's not right. It is not right. I could not believe it. I was crying. We were helpless. My husband was just holding my hand the whole time. Didn't know what to do. We, we, we've no money. We are broke. We can't like say fuck it. Let's go to a private hospital. To a private hospital, and 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 get admitted there, or let's go to a, to a private clinic or whatever. I, I couldn't. We couldn't. We we're desperate. So we were stuck there with this unbelievable backhand treatment. So we said the finalist, this nurse comes like, come pin down the labor room. And then she came and she checked uh, my centimeters. You guys, I had no idea that's how they did it when they're checking centimeters. She put her, her whole hand, her, her, her whole hand, I mean, her whole hand, the whole hand, like, she, she just fisted me, y'all, with that warning. What the fuck? Like, you guys, I found a better way of checking my centimeters. Like, this, there should be a better way. That putting the whole hand inside someone's vagina to check for centimeters is, is, is a violation. Because I feel I felt violated, and then she checked for the centimeters, and I was four centimeters. The cervix had opened like four cent four centimeters apart, and please remember, did you don't get my contractions? Are serious? And I don't know how to behave. I don't know how to handle or manage the pain. I'm taking painkiller after painkiller. I don't know I'm supposed to be taking that much painkiller, especially for someone who was pregnant, but no one was attending to us. So I, I don't know how many painkillers I had taken. I think I was taking like two every hour. 
the whole time I was sitting on that bench because I could not handle. It was way above my pain threshold. So I just kept popping those painkillers. That people were a bed next to a lady who was also in labor. And she she was like she was like on nine centimeters dilation. So she was almost giving birth. And then I came in, I was on four centimeters. Then they gave me uh what what do you call it? That sedative. I forgot the sedative. And I fell asleep. So that's the only time I, I actually had some rest. I slept the whole night only to be woken up the next morning. Guess how I was woken up? Hey, my nana, mukai, mukai, my nana. What's wrong with the nurses? What is wrong with the nurses from government hospitals? And when I think about this guy, you know, this the shit that gets me really emotional. This is the right there is why I don't like talking about this. It is just it's, it's just some type of fact that you know what I mean. I I don't know how you are called to be a nurse and be and be that abrasive and you lack compassion. But anyway, the Gamutswa, and then I woke up. And then there was a doctor and a couple of students because did you know um, it's a learning hospital. So a couple of students, what's a case? Premature labor, 24 weeks, uh, miscarriage. That's when I learned that I was having a miscarriage. The whole time I thought I was gonna have my baby, call Garam incubator until full term, and then take my baby home. This is how I discovered I was having a miscarriage and I was devastated. I was heartbroken. I could not believe it. I was like, what? Is this a miscarriage? Ganzi, it's a miscarriage. And I was like, how? Ganzi, um, you went into labor too early, the baby won't make it. Because there's not even like a percentage percentage chance, like two percent, five percent chance of survival. And even if the baby survives, it's very difficult for the baby to actually make it for more than like two, three days. And then the doctor was like, "Okay, so who wants to check for centimeters?" <laughs> who wants to check for centimeters? And this guy young boy younger than me raises his hand and says, I, I want to try i want to try try to try try like they want to practice how to check for centimeters on me says, okay uh ma'am can you please lift up your legs and this nigga was putting on gloves and i got hell the fuck no <laughs> I'm processing the fact that I'm having a miscarriage, okay? I've been on the bench. I had actually had a butt imprint per bench, paper reception, to get served, to, 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 to get um, checked out. I'm wondering, where's my husband? I'm trying to grasp everything, like, 
And then oh, on top of that, you come with a bunch of impressionable little boys who are trying to practice how to check for dilation on me. I was no, no, this is a protocol. This the protocols for this hospital when you're admitted. We got no. Can you please go check the practice dilation on someone who's actually having a full-term baby and leave me the fuck alone because I'm still processing the fact that you told me I'm having a miscarriage. And the doctor, I think he was a bit understanding. I don't know, but he was like, okay, okay, let's move on, move on. And the nurse from the from the background, like she was standing at the far end of the room, was giving me daggers, like... <laughs> Who does she think she is? I think she was just planning like, um, I can't wait for the doctor to go so I can deal with her accordingly. She was giving me daggers from the side, from the other side of the room. I didn't give a fuck. I was, I was like, can you give me something for the pain? Because we can't right now. We um, we want to do like a scan and check the baby's heartbeats. Oh my gosh, it's almost thirty minutes. My first segment is over, so I'll catch you on the other end, on the second segment. Like I told you in the previous episode, Anchor only allows you to record 30 minutes per session. So this session is over. So see you on the other side. And then I can continue telling you the story. Back on the second segment. Okay, so we are continuing from from the last um from the last segment, and I was telling you about how I was uh, put in a labor room and about how students student doctors tried to check dilation on me, and I refused. So I stayed in that labor room for the following for the next three days. I was sedated for a bit. This is what happened. I met a lady nurse who took a liking into me. She said I reminded her of her daughter. So she would come and check on me and make sure I was comfortable. She sedated me uh, like a couple of times because I needed to rest. I couldn't sleep. I was still going through labor and I was in pain. They checked. They checked. It checked. Simon Chopper Chimbetu. They checked um, for the baby's heartbeat. 
it was normal it was okay the heartbeat was beating normally and um the baby was still in the in the placenta and apparently i had a miscarriage due to high to to due to high blood pressure so i stayed there my husband was by my side the whole time he didn't go home he didn't bark he had the eight he was so stressed so he came uh we had visiting hours so sometimes he would like go away to sit outside and then come back inside and then when he came back in that that day in the afternoon that's when i broke it down to him that uh it was actually a miscarriage he was hurt he he was in pain he went and asked kuti are you saying kuti there's no chance for this baby to leave and the nurses was like nope hakuna baba na pana takatongo miro tabude and that's a rap it was a painful time i cried i remember crying and crying the whole time not because of the pain of the contractions but the pain of of loss grief you know just knowing that you're losing your baby i cried in that hospital and um i finally mustered the energy to to get up and then i went tried to clean myself up because i hadn't bathed for like this is day 2 of not bathing and i went to the toilets my goodness gracious oh my god it was a mess i've never seen such a disgusting toilet before like i could smell the toilet before i got there to the bathrooms they were dirty there was no water the bathrooms were dirty they were disgusting i couldn't even pee i just went back to my room i was like uh, i can't bath or islamic bathing um and you know you've been bleeding this whole time you've been sweating screaming you're in pain and all of that you just need to shower i couldn't um they put me in another room it seemed like a delivery room i'm not sure but i i was put in a delivery room i was alone in that room i was the only person in there and like enough uh there was a basin with running water so i put some water in a bucket and washed my vagina in the room so i was literally sitting on my bucket and splashing water and trying to clean myself uh brush my teeth clean my face on on that on that sink emptied the water in my bucket rinsed my vagina again and my armpits freshen freshen up put some deodorant and all that you know i was just trying to feel human in this i mean i'm going through shit must and look like the shit i'm going to so this was me trying to grasp a little bit of control over the situation this was just a bit of trying to be in control so i was in that room this is day number 3 i am still having contractions i am still in pain and the only time that i was i got any attention from the medical people in that hospital from the nurses or a doctor was twice the first time they gave me a bed and the second time they transferred me from the labor room to the room that i was in at that moment that is the only time um i got any type of attention the whole time i was alone stewing in my thoughts crying in pain unable to contain all of these 
And then the thing is, I felt the baby move in my tummy. So you could feel the baby movement and wonder, but how can they say there's a miscarriage? Because clearly the baby is very much alive. And then I told my husband, mm, I know you want to be strong and you want to be there for me, but uh, you need to be there for yourself too. So why don't you go home, sleep, rest, eat, bath, have a change of clothes, and then I can see you uh, tomorrow. He tried to refuse, I was like, nah, 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 baby, you need to rest. They need to be someone. Eh. What is going on with these dogs? Jesus Christ. What's the story? Oh. You know, that's the beauty of having like a proper studio. It's soundproof. There are no disturbances like um, the dogs are making such a racket of noise. But anyway, I convinced my husband to go and then he could uh, come the following. He needed to rest. Like one of us needed to be strong and well rested. So he went. And I was in the hospital. They there was food, but you know the food was horrible. I didn't touch it. I would just eat food from from home that my mom brought me. My friends and family would bring. That's all the food I ate. They they would bring like sugarless tea and a piece of stale bread or sadzani soup. Oh my gosh, it was just horrible. The food didn't look good. The place was dirty. I was not eating anything from there. I'm in pain. A doctor passes by. She's a lady, I remember. She came, she's like, what's the case? She took uh, the record book and she read, she was, oh, okay. How long have you been in labor? And at this day, number three, she was like, ah, oh, are you serious? I was, yeah. And she was like, let me feel the baby. She, she, she seemed very, uh, she seemed concerned, like for the first time someone was concerned, besides the other nurse who was nice to me, but uh, someone else seemed concerned about what was going on. So she came and she checked for dilation. She was like, you're still uh, four centimeters. Uh, you need to pace up the, the, the labor. So I think we need to give you uh, something to pace up the labor. And then she said, uh, it looks like the baby is still intact in the placenta. Their the membranes haven't ruptured yet, so I'll have to rupture them for you. I was like, okay. And she was like, now nah, I'm going to talk to the nurses so they can bring uh, oxytocin. This is my first encounter with oxytocin. I hate oxytocin. It's the devil's poison. It's the devil's urine. Oxytocin should be banned. I hate you, oxytoxin. I don't want to eat anything that has to do with oxytoxin. And, I, well, I didn't know then that oxytoxin was the devil's juice. So she came back with a couple of nurses, then they put up the drip of oxytoxin. And then she stuck her hand into my vagina and ruptured the membranes and uh, broke mm, my water. So the waters just came out. And then... The oxytocin kicked in. Ah! Oh, I thought I was in pain. That whole time that I was in labor, I thought I was in the most excruciating pain. Nah, 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 nah. That was child's play. That was lightweight. 
when the oxytocin kicked in, I thought I was going to die. I could not believe it. The contractions became stronger, times times a hundred stronger. The contractions were unbearable. I could not, I didn't, I screamed. My body was literally sweating. My whole, I was naked, like completely naked. I was sweating like a pig, screaming the pain. And the doctor was like, ah, help me help me and then she's like ah, i'm gonna call the nurses they'll help you when um when you've dilated full enough to actually give birth and then she left she left she left i screamed in pain i took out the drip by myself the needle i ripped it out i just and and tied I, I removed the little bandage that they stick on, on the, and I just took it out. And when I took it out, blood started coming out because, you know, they stick it in a, like a main vein. So blood was just flowing. I didn't care from my wrist. It was just going everywhere. I was screaming, nurse, nurse, help me, nurse. Nobody could, no one didn't bother to come and check on me. Nurse, please, nurse, help me, help. I could feel the baby coming. The baby was crowning on my vagina. And actually, I remember I had nails, like um, artificial nails. I had long nails. And I, I was trying to like feel my vagina without using my nails. And I felt a little head. A little head between my legs it was coming out and naturally my body told me that i should push so i started pushing and pushing and the little baby came out but it only came out like halfway from the head to the waist the legs were still inside so uh, and then i put my hand to feel and i thought oh shit the baby is still halfway through i thought i like the whole baby was it it come out <sighs> nah, this is difficult, y'all. Yeah. I thought I could do this. I can't. It's so hard. I gave birth by myself in that room that night and I took the baby, he, he was alive. And his little legs were kicking around like he was riding a bicycle. And I was screaming, nurse, come, Manawia, Dajara, come. And so tiny, little, little, tiny baby could just fit into my hand, breathing. He was breathing, he was alive. And then they came and now they were pretending like uh, they were there the whole time. They wrapped him up and Kajira and they left. Never saw the baby again. That was 
the last time I saw him. Only to be told that he didn't make it as soon as, as they took him. At the back of my mind, you know, I couldn't help seeing things, images of him, just to finish him off. Okay, um, we're going to have a break. I'm going to play um, our theme song today as Nomani. Let me just like, collect myself. I'll be back. I'm ready to pull up on you. I'm ready to do what I do. Baby, what you wanna do? Shoot your shot, cause I'm bulletproof. Look it up and do do do. Baby, what you wanna do? I'm ready to pull up on you. I'm ready to do what I do. Just touch it, how you want it? Up in that shit like you're skating, baby. You know, hold up on my shit. I hate waiting. Do, 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 do. Shoot your shot on my patience. Just touch it, have you on Last minute, just to the highlands. Trip, trip, trip when you're sliding. Flip, 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 baby, riding. Don't hesitate when you. In it, cause you know I like it. Picking up a date for you. Sweet, but they like it when you bite it. You can't just keep talking about it. You know what I was thinking, um, Instead of doing this whole 30 minutes, 30 minutes session with Anchor, I could like record offline the whole thing and then just upload it on Anchor. I think I'll do that next time. I'll see if I can do like a trial run, see if it works and if the sound quality is okay and maybe it might be better. Treat me like a watch, press me down mm-hmm. On the kitchen floor, right on that towel It's my day and I want it now Ow. Tell me how you want it Put me on my back, on my stomach Baby, let me blow it like a trumpet I could do it all I could probably suck a watermelon to a straw Believe me, every other day you with new hair Come take me out this smooth glare I be waiting on you with some long Jared, just this pussy down low like bombs to wear boom Nothing but a robe in your house I wanna put this pretty pink clothes in your mouth Send news to your phone while you working Boy, you gotta see this shit in person, believe me We can't just keep talking about it We can't just keep talking about it So yeah, I gave birth <laughs> by myself, the nurses came, they took the baby away. Um, His name was Malachi. 
They went with Malachi. I never saw him again. And they just left. <laughs> they took the baby. They left. They left me alone. And um, after leaving me, the contractions didn't stop. They continued. Do you want to know why? Because my placenta didn't come out. So it will continue to contract until it comes out. The reason why my placenta didn't come out immediately because um, it wasn't time, it wasn't full term, it wasn't matured enough to just come out by itself. It needed um, external push for it to come out. I was screaming. I kept screaming to the nurse. The nurse came back and was like, what's the problem? You gave birth. Why are you st I'm still in pain. My, I'm still feeling contractions. The oxytocin, eh, that thing. And she tried to pull my placenta by the cord. <laughs> I, 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 I've been through shit, you guys, in my life. Sometimes I don't believe that I've been through things like that. I've been through shit. I don't think some people say that the things that you go through are necessary for, for, for the for something bigger, for the bigger picture in your life, or in the grand scheme of things. But sometimes I don't think it's necessary to go through such shit. It's not, what did I learn from that? Nothing. Didn't build anything. It wasn't a, a pivotal moment of any sort in my life. But um, they say it makes you stronger. It didn't make me stronger. I'm not strong. Every time I think about it, I break down into little pieces. But anyway, so... um. She tried to pull. It won't come out. It's stuck to the uterus. It's not coming out the placenta. She was telling me, try to cough. And I was coughing. It wasn't coming out. She's like, I'll be back. And then she left, never came back. I'm still screaming. I gave birth. Two hours later, I am still screaming in pain. This wasn't the type of contraction that I was having earlier before the oxytocin. This was oxytocin contraction. And anyone who has been administered oxytocin knows exactly what i'm talking about the pain is crazy it is it's unbearable finally some junior doctor came and she's like what's going on and i was like i gave birth you looked at my medical record it was like where's the baby they took him they left i was given oxytocin my placenta is not yet out and i'm in pain help me now he saw the look on my face it was like okay 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 then he put his hand inside and physically peeled off the placenta from the uterus using his fingernails. <laughs> uh, there is no pain like that. There is no, I cannot it's compare with anything. Nothing compares to the pain of him peeling off the placenta from the uterus wall with his fingers bit by bit ripping it apart and then it finally came <laughs> I don't even know how what happened the moment it came out I passed out because the pain was too much the pain was too much I couldn't handle it I literally passed out I passed out the placenta was out and he left did he pass out? I think he was scared. Could maybe it killed me, so he just left. And then 
later on because it was in winter huh? I, I was naked lost a lot of blood the placenta was still pampeda on the bed besides me that bloody whole thing the go and the blood it was still there the umbilical cord was hanging from the bed there was blood the blood had soaked the mattress and it was dripping down on the floor forming a little pool of blood on the floor it was horrible i woke up i couldn't even i was so lighted that i tried to get up i couldn't i'd lost too much blood i can't and i could feel i'm dying you know we, people when they die they know at that moment i know i was gonna die i lay i laid there on the bed thinking okay these are my very last moments and i was okay with dying at that point i was like there's nothing else to live for might as well die i just love my baby everything i went through might as well die but something happened i don't know what happened at that moment maybe god intervened but something told me that i needed to get out of that room if i wanted to leave i just fell on the floor i just rolled <laughs> i didn't even try to to get down on the bed carefully or anything because i had no energy i had nothing inside me I was done, wasted, I had hardly eaten, I lost too much blood. So I just rolled on the floor. It was very painful. I think I sprayed something. In the pool of blood. Then I started slithering like a snake on the floor, going towards the door. And I reached out for the door handle from the floor. I just managed to pull, to lift my upper body just enough to reach the door handle. It wasn't too high. It's a very low door handle. And then I slid that up and I took a trail of blood from the bed. A trail of blood where I was slithering all the way to the door. I slid that into the hallway of the holiday, of the hospital. Mama Gazaravan. My niece, Nima visitors and other pregnant women. I'm stuck naked and nakana chino. I papa. I just went to the hallway and I'm gonna fluorescent lights in the ceiling and I passed out. That's the last thing I remember. I don't know how people reacted, how from there, what happened after that, I don't know. I just remembered Ndichumuka Muad Revanvashara. Oh, let me uh, check back a bit and tell you about how when I was in that delivery room, they would bring babies, newborn babies in there. And I, and I, I just lost my baby. And they would bring new babies. They would weigh them in. I've just lost mine. <laughs> oh. Parinyato Hospital. I curse you. And then I went to Nesqua ku post uh ku postpartum ward. And every mother in that ward had a little baby beside, except for me. I was just lying there 
staring into uh, staring at the ceiling asking god to just take me out of that place i woke up i had a blood transfusion and i got vacuumed to make sure that uh, everything had come out and i won't get an infection after everything i went through they were a bit attentive to me now i think this was sort of like damage control the doctors are coming in like attended squawk and the squawk need to vacuum you need to get vacuum to make sure that you're okay there's nothing left they're more attentive kinder because of the whole drum of me slithering through the hallway bloody and all and just passing out so i I think there was a sort of alarm so this was reactionary behavior and trying to make up for whatever that had happened earlier and then I stayed for like a day next day I was discharged I went to my mom's house to recover um my boobs started to swell up because um I'd given birth so naturally my body was preparing for breastfeeding um my vagina was bruised from everything that had happened i still had lochia that was coming out of me so i was still wearing pads just like anyone who has given birth and milk was like leaking from my boobs and everything but i had no baby i had no baby to show for it and you know postpartum depression hormonal change the trauma psychological um adaptation to the situation and my psychological adaptation was accepting that i had lost a child and the traumatic experience that i had just gone through and the fact that i had a big reminder that i was pregnant and i didn't have a baby my belly was still bloated and black it was so hard I never got counseling or therapy for it so i just had to like just go raw with the emotions by myself we talked it talked about it with my husband but there's so much that she can talk about as a couple but some things you just deal with it by yourself and i thought that i was going to turn him off by keep talking about it so i just stopped talking about it and cry in secret i cried that whole entire year i cried every day even when i discovered that i was pregnant with malik i was still crying over malakai i was so devastated that thing really that miscarriage it it took a part of me that can never be replaced the scar will never really really heal it was so horrible i've never experienced anything like that in my life it's something that i look back and i'm like i can't believe i made it out alive i was supposed to die that time so i ended up taking more time talking about my experience instead of the postpartum depression so i think i'm going to end the podcast on that today because i've done a lot of uh, mental offloading i can't keep talking about that we can do like a part 2 in the next episode next week but for now this all i can share and thank you for listening and until next time
you do wanna do? Baby, what you wanna do? Shoot your shot, cause I'm bulletproof. Look it up and do do do. Baby, what you wanna do? I'm ready to pull up on you. I'm ready to do what it takes. 